Podcast. I am your host, Kelly McKinney of Hohenheim Productions. And I'm your other host, Josh Gibson from Fourth Wall Players. And we're coming to you for Cinco de Mayo. Woohoo! Woohoo! Yeah, it's our Cinco de Mayo. Aye, 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 aye. Aye, aye, aye. And, you know, we, re- we realized too late that we missed <laughs> an opportunity with a recent movie um, uh, as far as Latinx actors, actresses. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually went with Desperados rather than Hustlers. We should have went with Hustlers with Jennifer Lopez. I mean, to be fair, I guess I guess in my thinking of it, um, since Hustlers specifically took place in Mexico, which is like what Cinco de Mayo is. Yes, it's not all of it's not all of Latin America. It's specifically Mexico. No, we didn't miss our mark. Yeah, we it's didn't miss the mark. We just salacious, missed an opportunity. We missed an opportunity. Yeah. yeah, as far as salacious nature. So, so for all of you Hustlers fans out there, we we don't we didn't do that. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, we we missed the chance, but we did do Desperados, woohoo, which was Nasim Perdad. Right. Uh, yeah, Nassim Pedrad, I think, is Pedrad. how we pro- okay. pronounce her name. Okay. All right. Who's gotcha. not Mexican? Not Mexican. No. No. And in fact, she has uh, Iranian roots. Mm-hmm. I found out that was really cool. Uh, yeah. And Desperados. Wow. Yeah. That's our recent movie. Uh, you want to go first, Josh? Okay. All right. So <laughs> there's a lot more to unpack here, but for right now, uh, my get to the port review on Desperados was um, overnight delivery, gender flipped with train wreck type of humor. Uh, though a huge bulk of the movie takes place in Mexico, it's mostly used as a background for bad jokes. Would love to say the tender scenes were well done, but one was interrupted by a dolphin dick. And that's mine. There we go. Yeah, wow. The Elephant dolphin, in the room. Dolphin dick, indeed. Or dolphin dick in the room. It's yeah. just as noticeable. Yeah, and the way that I would summarize Desperados is that it was basically discount Sandra Bullock's rem- reminds us why relationships are so hard. A woman who wants a relationship for all the wrong reasons goes from one bad relationship to another bad mm-hmm. one. I said that this alternatively could have been titled Desperate Trainwreck, Virgos on the Rise. Right. Uh, right, 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 right. Because, gosh. So, there's, yeah, there's just so much there's, going on with this movie. Like, it's one of those, like, I almost want to like it, but there's just so much wrong with it that this, I can't. This is the thing, is that we already know that what we liked about it is yeah. just the casting choices as far as like the acting the acting was spot on it's in an awful movie it's so rare to see like such like well done acting and just like a a stupid comedy comedy? yeah and they they did it and it doesn't matter because the movie was just bad yeah the the actor playing um sean mcguire that was lamorne morris i love that dude Wow, like mm-hmm. he was mind-blowingly good on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, both the way he's charismatic, he reminds me of someone I know in person, in, yeah. in, in real well, life named Q. Okay, Quentin Ross. He, uh-huh. Like just how cool and laid back he is, but uh-huh. like go with the flow and still high intellect, yeah, and yeah. quick-witted. Like it was well, very cool. And he had really good chemistry with Nassim Pedrad, and I think it's because they actually played um, love interest for a few seasons on New Girl. Oh, did they? Yeah, because he's like a regular character, and she was like okay. his girlfriend for a few seasons on it. Um, I haven't watched that far into New Girl yet, but I do know that that is going to happen. Um, I remember Nassim Pedrad from her SNL days. Um, 
which she did. When I looked up the actress, that was completely new news to me. Yeah. I was like, oh, so she's from something. Yeah. I have no she's idea. From and, <laughs> she's from something. Okay. Because I just saw a young Sandra Bullock. Yeah, she was never, like, she was a featured player for a while, but she was never, like, front and center. You know, you always have, like, right. the three, or, the four to six people that, like, are in every episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, She wasn't ever one of those guys, unfortunately. Gotcha. Yeah, and so... I think helping us unpack this movie a little bit might by going into our recent review on it. Yeah, okay, yeah. we can look at the review. Yes. Did you want to do the review first? Let me do that one yeah, too. So by variety, yeah, I'll go first with the review. Okay. Uh, so we always take a look at both a recent movie and a recent review on it. Mm-hmm. We took a look at Variety's review. I love Variety. They always do such a great job. That was mm-hmm. one of the first magazines. So many choices. They, they really do. Um, and this one was by Peter DeBruge. Bad joke. It was. It really was. It really was. I just didn't even entertain it. That dad joke died right as soon as it landed. Um, but by Peter De Bruges, and I said that Peter pulls no punches and gives one of the best reviews I've read. Uh, mm-hmm. The review is better than the movie. I don't know about that. I thought he summarized it. I mean, dang. well, okay, fine. It's a low bar, I guess. You you really this had a. 15%. This has a 15% on Rotten I know. Tomatoes. I saw that. Okay. <laughs> okay. There's our next note of brilliance. There are no... I, uh, yeah. We'll struggle. You know, Sean might actually provide a note of brilliance. Yeah, there we go. to take a look at it. Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, but, like, yeah. So, Sean, again, the acting was great. And the way that uh, Peter basically summarized this is that Nassim can carry a movie. Yes. People watch her do about anything. And yeah. I, I agree. Like I I would, yeah. I've I was not familiar with her at all. Uh and I'm a fan of her. Uh not so right. much this movie, but her. I, I I'm I am um what's the word I'm looking for? Optimistic about her now. She was also a smaller care a side care well not a supporting role in the live action Aladdin movie. Yeah, I read that um, on IMDb. I did not enjoy that character. But it wasn't her fault necessarily. They just wanted her to be like stupid comic relief and then also be like love interest for the genie, which was like, What? Why are we adding this in? So it was just I just didn't like the character. You know, and, and after, again, after seeing this movie, I do understand the love interest part. Yeah, yeah. For the genie, yeah, totally get it, totally get it. After watching Desperados, yeah, yeah, yeah. not the character that she portrayed in Desperados, yeah, but her, yeah, she's very attractive. That is for sure. Um, okay, cool. So anyway, we're on. Yes, do we no, even no, need mine. No. I don't. No, know. we do. Okay, so my get to the point review on on Peter here uh, is I think he spends too much time on a woke soapbox. I actually agree; it was a bit cringy. But I did laugh quite a few times, and it was no worse than, like, forgetting Sarah Marshall or sleeping with other people. He just can't get past that dolphin dick. Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I can't either. I mean, to be fair, like, it's like it haunts me in my dreams now. Uh, no, but th- this is what's interesting. This is, this is why... Okay, so this is, this is also why we do reviews over a review, because mm-hmm. you and I definitely have... So, where most of the time, I would totally agree with you. Like, yeah. okay, yeah, he was on a woke soapbox. Mm-hmm. But one of the very first things that I thought while watching this movie, before ever reading it, was mm-hmm. why on earth, especially at the end. Yeah. Spoiler alert. For the three of you that will watch it. Yeah. So the thing is, is that with this movie, it would have been much more impactful for after Sean's in-restaurant speech about, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I'm just not ready for this romantic guy relationship yeah. thing. I'm still recovering. What I'm looking for right now is more casual, and I wouldn't be able. I'd 
I'd have to entertain a, a serious relationship with you, and I don't think I, I can do, do that. that. Yeah. Okay. She walks out, and then she's still okay. She yeah. didn't need a man that to fix been, all of her fucking problems. That would have been a good... A redeeming quality at the end of the film mm-hmm. that would have, you know, sort of saved the character for us. Right. Instead, he goes directly against what he said seconds 20 later. seconds later as she just left the restaurant stares down at a crack in the sidewalk and now he's outside mm-hmm. holy crap yeah i just i i agree i feel like they so, i feel like they wanted to have their cake and eat it too right so and it just came off looking sloppy it was like this is the thing is that leaving Sorry, it Sean. open leaving it open like that where he's not ready for a relationship and she's still strong without a man in her mm-hmm. life would have been great. It would have been great. That's that's still a tidy ending. I, I wrote realistic. a movie that has the exact same ending. <laughs> I did. No, seriously. Except Which it was one? a guy instead of a girl. Well, okay, so it's that, it's that bromance thing I keep trying to pitch oh, to you. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So basically the whole thing is, the whole point of the movie, just to give a quick recap, is that these two best friends who are also roommates... Um, we, oh, we do that a lot. Yeah, I know. Well, Holy shit, we you know, do you, that you, a you lot. you got to draw from experience, right? Uh, these, <laughs> these, these two best friends who are also roommates... Um, are struggling to try to pay off uh, the main character's um, girlfriend's debit credit cards or whatever before she finds out and she gets mad and breaks up with him. It's like the whole his the main character's whole driving force behind this is just to not make his girlfriend mad because he doesn't want to lose her. Right, he wants to save And there's his there's obviously and I do this because I'm kind of a troll. There's obviously a setup where there's this like cooler, more nerdy, more down to earth girl that's totally into him, but he just doesn't realize it because he's so like freaking out about his girlfriend. And at the end, he breaks up with his girlfriend. You know, because he's like, you know, I don't, I don't need this. Like, like, fuck you, get out. And you know, then the girl, the other girl, is all like, "Hey, that was pretty awesome. So I guess you're available now." And he's like, "What are you talking about? I just broke up with my girlfriend. I'm nowhere near ready for this." And he's like, "Look, I mean, we're still friends, but you know, this this isn't happening right now." Right. And that that was how I had the ending. And I mean, it's still probably pretty poorly executed because I wrote it when I was like 21. But that's what rewrites are for. That's what rewrites are for. <laughs> that's what rewrites are. But I liked my ending. I, I like that. I I like that he didn't need to. And it's the same gender flip. You know, no, other I mean, way around. Still, yeah. You know, you, and I get it's a rom com, so you almost have to have them end up with somebody. But you you don't you don't have to in every story have the main character be like validated, especially female main characters be validated by finding a man. Right. Well, you know. Yeah. There's there's just other ways to find validation. She was. And I thought she found career. that. She did through yeah. her career, the fact that she's oh she has been doing it for how long with her new job without mm-hmm. a man? She should be able to continue. And to it do was that. and it was also rushed because they just had to make room for that dolphin dick. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's probably more so that I just didn't want Nassim to end up with anybody but me. <laughs> you know, so it's like, no, you, it's okay. You she can be single. Bitch. I'm petty. I'm a new petty bitch. How dare you? Uh, oh man, yeah, that's Oh great. yeah, we're doing a show. We are hey. doing a show. All right, so that brings us to uh, the bulk of our show, which is focused, being that it's Cinco de Mayo, mm-hmm. is focused yeah. on our favorite Latin X actors, which mm-hmm. I believe is the new term, right? Latin X. Yeah, Latin X just basically means it's gender, it's non gender specific. Non gender specific. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And we specifically went with comedy actors this time, right? Did we both yeah, we both comedy? decided comedic, I think. We both yeah. went with comedic. Now, I, I only, on my list, there is only one exception, and that was because I couldn't come up with another comedic actor. Um, I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. The ones that I am familiar with didn't make the mark for favorites. Yeah. They're more so just notable. Yeah. Like, I right, know right, them. Right, right. I, am, right. I know of them. Um, and right. are very familiar with their work, but maybe, maybe I'm not in love with them. Yeah. Right? Okay. Fair enough. 
Uh, and I'll go ahead and kick us off with, All right. uh, with Luis Guzman. Okay. Okay. And to Not surprised. Examine, no, <laughs> no. But this is the thing is that it's, it's interesting because he's done so much. He has. Okay? And we've honestly covered quite a few of his movies already. <laughs> so I had to go with, and this was perfect because it's comedy, Waiting, 2005. Waiting. Right. That was one of my favorite movie roles of his. Yeah, it, which is interesting, right? Yeah. What an, I mean, honestly, it's a good movie and an awful movie. It's fun to watch. It it's has definitely a product really, of the times. It's definitely That's a product a lot of, of the, the issues, times. Yeah. Uh-huh. And for a further breakdown of Waiting, you can go check out our episode of A Note of Brilliance over Waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a certain passion that Radimus shows in explaining the rules of the game that few actors can show in a serious role, let alone a comedy, with such mm. bad ratings. Right. And that's basically how I summarize Waiting yeah. from 2005 with Luis Guzman. Because, I mean... That is one of the best seasons when he's describing the different ways to play the penis-showing game. <clears throat> he, it really is. Because he's so passionate about it. <laughs> and he's so animated. And we could have went... I could have went with, you know, Count of Monte Cristo. Like, he's done so much. So right. much. Right. Um, but I'd already done Count of Monte Cristo for our training montage. That's right. Episode. You did. Yeah. You did. Yeah. yeah right. Sure I did. forgot about that. All right. And so kick us off with your number one, with your so first one. My first one, and again, these are no specific orders, whatever, but my, my first get to the point review is on John Leguizamo. Who should not be a surprise. Oh, no. Right? Nope. Do you have him, too? Yeah. Okay. overlap. Yep. Uh, one of the most underrated actors out there because he takes lots of risks with his roles. However, he is adored by five-year-olds everywhere, as Sid the Sloth from the Ice Age movies, and by me from movies like Moulin Rouge. Can't wait for his next project. Okay, and so... Is Moulin Rouge the one the movie you picked to review? Then I don't is know. It's technically your review on. I mean, I'm reviewing John him as I'm reviewing them as actors, not necessarily like. I th- I, th- I think one or two of them I have specific things, but it's hard with John Leguizamo. Like he just does so many things. I know. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You had to pick a movie. Which well, is then why. yeah, fine. My movie is Ice Ice Age. How about that? Okay. How about All that? Because right. that's actually comedy. Moulin Rouge really is. Okay. <laughs> well, for John Leguizamo, I went with. The Pest, 1997. Okay. Um, and it's because that's my first memory of John when I was a kid. And it also marks, marks my first Easter egg hunt in movies oh. where it was like doing breakdowns kind of like the way we do with A Note of Brilliance mm-hmm. or the way that New Rockstars does with trailers yeah. and mm-hmm. everything else. Mm-hmm. I was doing that with The Pest when I was a kid and it's pretty much the first time, aside of Jim Carrey's The Mask, that right. I was pulling things. Or, or, for instance, there were, you know... Um, in uh, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective 1 and 2, there were call-outs to other movies. Right. You know what I mean? So I was doing like little mental breakdowns yeah, of yeah. that when I was a kid as well. But as far as like with John Leguizamo, like th- definitely The Pest was the first time I was breaking down. So I was like, oh, that's from that yeah. famous story. Like, right, you right, know, right, right. Where, you yeah. know, The Most Dangerous Game is what I, I would think it's I couldn't called. even tell you like what... Um, when I started doing, I just always done that as far as memory serves me. It just, it, I couldn't even tell you what age it, I was. It when strikes I me as one of the first times I made a connection that movies were calling out to other things and like I remember when I was, I remember when I was like five. I knew like three actors, and it was like Mel Gibson, John Travolta, and I don't remember <laughs> who else. Just because of the movies that like my parents watched, right? Yeah. And so like I would see them in a movie, I'm like oh they were in this movie, and I was like. Five. See, I recognize. God, I'm a loser. Me, was I was John destined Tra- to be this. John person. Travolta, Patrick Swayze, and Jim Carrey. Yeah, were okay. The three actors. Right. That, like, well, I, I knew and would a, recognize. A couple years anything. after that, I probably knew who Jim Carrey was. Right. Um, 
I remember I Michael Keaton was like my favorite actor for the longest time, and you guys can make fun of me all you want. No, I had ba- I had the original Batman right, on VHS but, and played that thing like crazy. But between like Beetlejuice, Batman, and Johnny Dangerously, uh, and Mr. Mom, oh my gosh, so many. And like even now here recently with Birdman, and uh, he was one of the gosh, funniest Birdman. parts in um, uh, the other guys as the police. Yeah, <laughs> yes, as the police <laughs> he kept captain. Quoting, my he kept goodness. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Don't go chasing waterfalls. Anyway. Well, so the pass with John Leguizamo <laughs> was number two for me. Yeah, so. so my number two, this is kind of a lazy one, but George Lopez, um, oh. f- he had a fantastic show. I actually really liked the George Lopez show when it was on air. Um, and he's a pretty funny stand-up, and I liked his like late-night show when he had that. Um, but other than Balls of Fury, he really should just stay away from movies altogether. So I guess I guess Balls of Fury, because you got to see him just kind of play like the straight guy and like a cast full of just zany, over-the-top maniacs, um, including characters played like Terry Crews and Patton Oswalt, um, yeah, yeah, on and yeah, on. And then, of course, who can forget, you know, Christopher Walken. Um, <laughs> that was they called in China? Ping Pong, you know? <laughs> Such a great movie. Well, for my number three, <laughs> uh, speaking of great movies, that, that that's that's sort of a joke. Great, I love it. Not so but not greatest, so great. But the, the critics hate it. With Sofia Vergara. Wow. Yeah. What four brothers? Two thousand and five. She was in that. She was in that. It's she been played so long Sophie. Since I've seen that movie. She was she was right. Tyrese Gibson's love interest. Yeah, right, right. And right. she played her role to a T. Mm-hmm. She was supposed to be the ridiculously crazy yeah. Latin girlfriend, and she pulled it. Much, off. She made me love. Was Latin a bu- women. Wasn't much of a stretch for Sylvia. No, which is so great. <laughs> she got to play herself in a movie, and I got to fall in love with her that much more. Because yeah. uh, it's it's a continuation for Four Brothers. For those of you who don't know, is a continuation of John Singleton's love affair with Detroit. Um, and this fun but underwhelming revenge flick from the 2000s, which we also have a Note of Brilliance episode on. Mm. You can check out on our YouTube. Uh, yeah, and so that's that's my number that's my number three. Yep. So my next one, this is also one that should be pretty obvious, is uh, Cheech Marin. Oh. His name is synonymous with comedy, right? I love his serious stuff, too. It's just unfortunate people can't look past his Cheech and Chong days because he's done so many great things. I mean, a lot of his voice work. If you take Yeah, take a look at the past like, 12 years yeah. on his IMDb. It's extensive. Mm-hmm. And, he, and, and he does all sorts of guest spots on shows. Everywhere. And yep. he's everywhere. Like, seeing him in Lost, I was like, what the hell? You know, um, like, I just... Oh God, just and it's, it's all interesting roles. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, like what's interesting he's, about his career is that he's honestly never been typecast. Right, you know the Cheech and Chong stuff was, if I'm correct, were pretty much his movies, right? Like yeah. him and him che- and Tommy Chong, made yeah, it. him yeah. and Tommy mm-hmm. Chong's, you know, their passion projects turned mm-hmm. into Hollywood successes, right? So like, it's not like he typecast himself, and those those were his fun. Those those are essentially his. Um, roommate dramas yeah, yeah. and, and, and rom com <laughs> ridiculous rom coms and right. sitcoms and everything else we've mm. done in the past year. Like it's the same to the same degree where it's not typecast if you do it yourself. Yeah, I love Cheech Marin. Yeah, uh, and if we had to pick a certain movie, I'd say Oliver and Company. I thought he was the best part of that oh, movie. Isn't that great? Yeah. yeah. Like, it was yeah. a little chihuahua. That awesome. was awesome. Yep. Awesome uh, voiceover work for <laughs> yes. sure. And you know you can pick him out his little voice out of oh, totally. a million times. Yeah, that's no, that's what I love about it. Uh, and as far as comedy like voices that you can kind of pick out brings right into number four for me michael pena okay now i didn't choose a comedy Mm -hmm. from his imdb to 
yeah. showcase his talent. Uh, but that's because his comedy may be some of the better parts of the movies that he's done comedy in. Yes. But those may not be great movies. Right. Which is why it didn't make my list. Right. So, Michael Pena, you make my list with Fury from 20, 2014. 2014. Yeah, 2014. 2014, baby. We're up there now. <laughs> but Pena adds to the star-studded... Uh, diversity of this cast mm-hmm. in a horrifying portrayal of a tank battalion in World War Two. Right, and uh, he's he's just he's stunning in this film. He picked he he's, like I said he blends in with the rest of the another, cast really really well. Another great like dramatic film that he's in is um, it's not Rescue Nine One One. It was a movie about like him and Nicholas Cage are firefighters that got. Stuck it's under world, the rubble. It's world Trade Center. For the uh, this is called World it's, Trade it's Center. Called okay, world yeah. Trade Center. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's another great movie that he's. Uh, that's such a great movie too. I think a lot of great performances in that one. Yeah. Even Nicolas Cage. Even Nicolas Cage. Well, that's one of his good ones. It is. It really. I is. mean, he has. He's not a bad actor. He just like he's like John Leguizamo. He takes a lot of roles. He takes because he of takes roles. a lot of risks. Because yeah. he's like, oh, I want to play different characters. Yeah. Even though he very specifically has a niche. <laughs> yes. Know, he yeah. Wants, he wants to go outside that niche German so bad. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, this wasn't my fourth one, but I also have Michael Pena. Um, oh. I do. Yeah. Oh, wow. Are you shocked? Uh, I am. I am shocked about uh, <laughs> that that overlap. I uh, wasn't yeah, shocked about yeah. John Leguizamo. Uh, my get-to-the-point review on, on him is one guy who took a while to break through, but so glad he finally did. His performance as Luis in the Ant-Man movies was one of the best parts of the films. If you need to search his other movies, just ask Baskin-Robbins, because Baskin-Robbins always finds out. <laughs> There's my little and, see, quote. and that was that was the comedy that comes yeah. to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, um, his recent films where mm-hmm. he did, you know, it's definitely one of the best parts of the film. It's like Baskin Robbins always finds out. Wow, crazy. <laughs> well, <laughs> speaking of crazy, that's actually a perfect segue into my last pick, okay, which is Robert Lasardo. Okay. Um, and for those of you who don't know, he, he's which is about ninety percent of you watching. Yeah, he, he's he's pretty niche too. Okay. Um, you may recognize him just like I did, primarily from Nip Tuck. Okay. Uh, he did like pretty much all seven seasons of Nip Tuck. He played mm. a recurring role where he was a um, a cartel, you know, gang mm-hmm. leader. Mm-hmm. Um, most oftentimes coming to the plastic surgeons for help. Right. Uh, a lot of times to remove drugs from mm-hmm. from women they were using as mules. Okay. Right. And so, but he's terrifying in the role and at the same time you fall in love with his character right over like seven seasons right um and so he just always sticks out in my mind as an incredible actor for the simple fact that in the role that he played in this you know serial drama mm-hmm. essentially mm-hmm. is just like yeah it's it it's crazy to me that it stuck out right you know i mean like when right. i think of Latin, when, you, when you look back and on the show yeah. And you're like, oh, it's weird what characters like stick with you. Yeah, Latin American actors. It's like if 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 I ever need a um, incredibly intelligent um, like gang member, mm-hmm. I will be trying to cast him for sure because mm-hmm. I know he can play it. Right, he'll pull it off. Like terrifying and um, and like mm-hmm. looking through your soul all at once. It's a really <laughs> <Yeah>. great <laughs> sort of fear thing. Right. So my last get to the point review, it's uh, it's a double two for one deal. Um, Stephanie Beatriz and Melissa Fumero. Um, they're the, they're the two main actresses on Brooklyn Nine Nine. So oh, okay. My review is two for one from one of my favorite comedies, Brooklyn Nine Nine. 
Uh, their conflicting comedic performances makes them work. Amy is like the rule-following neat freak, and Rose is the badass rebel. Love seeing episodes that, like, the two of them spend a lot of time together. Because, like, it's so cool. Like, Rose is just like that, like, wears the leather, never smiles, beats beats the shit out of guys twice her size, and Amy's, like, trying to, like, organize paperwork and, you know, make sure everybody has hand sanitizer. And, you know, it's just funny, like, seeing them work together. Because they're both still good cops um, in the show. They just, you know, they just approach it from different ways, right? So... No. Very interesting. Yeah. And, yeah, and and they're both Latin Latina actors, so. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, I still haven't seen Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. It's just on my to binge watch. Right. To binge. List. I I will say like um, Rosa, who Stephanie Beatriz, she is fun from the beginning. Um, it takes a little bit to warm up to Amy, who's Melissa Fumero, but she gets really good too. Gotcha. Okay. So. All right. And there we go. Are we ready? Am I going first? Uh huh. Alrighty. <clears throat> Curious about the behind-the-scenes merch and movies that aren't on YouTube? Get exclusive access to the movies, merch, and more through Patreon. Find Fourth Wall Players at patreon.com slash fourthwallplayers. That's patreon.com slash 4th players, all one word. And are you looking to start a podcast? Broad Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. With Buzzsprout, you'll get a great-looking website, audio players you can drop, detailed analytics, tools to promote, and more. Following the link in the show notes, let's Buzzsprout know we sent you, get you a $20 Amazon gift card mm-hmm. if you sign up for a paid plan, and help support our show. So let's create something great together right. with Buzzsprout. And if we can do it, guys, you can. And sure. if, after the podcast, you're still clamoring for entertainment, film news, movie breakdowns, or comedy series, you can find more of uh, Kelly and Josh on Hohenheim Productions YouTube with segments like What It Is, a note of brilliance and TV series plots as guests through memes. There we go. Thank nice. you. And guys, that was our Cinco de Mayo episode. That Have was margarita fun. on us. Yeah, take shots every time we go off <laughs> off script. You guys will be drunk. Oh yeah, this. yeah. Anytime we mention a movie that we didn't actually give a get to the point <laughs> review on, which is a you lot, should be <laughs> taking a tequila shot for us. Yes. And we will be back to our regular schedule. So we'll see you guys a week after. Um, Mother's Day for our Mother's Day special, yes, which was originally going to be a Memorial Day special, uh, but there would be no Memorial Day if not for mothers. So that's true. That's that's the logic we're going. None of us will be here. And we'll see you guys next time. See you next time. New podcast. Right. Get to the point.